Hi, this is Tamsin Granger. This is Dan Abuhoff. With Tamsin and Dan, read the paper on December 11th, 2023. Okay. Made it through the big storm. We did. Uh, yeah, I guess we slept through the worst of it, right? I mean, we were out in the rain, bad, yeah. tough rain last night, but I never saw 40 mile an hour winds. Well, we don't know. Well, I said I never saw wind anyway. Uh, uh, We would have noticed. Yeah, Uh, the point is uh, we made it. Yeah, and there was supposed to be we'd got a lot of rain. We got two inches of rain. Two and a half. Yeah, Um, that's a lot. It's wet out there. uh, But you know, we did not lose power. No. You know, this is only important because it's like one of the big holiday weekends leading up to Christmas. Well, people have. Places to go, parties to right. attend, football games to but, uh, execute. It's true. But, I mean, on the other hand, uh, you know, when you said December 11th just now, I said to myself, gee, I feel like Christmas is just around the corner. But it's really not. But we're in the middle of Hanukkah. People Hanukkah's, Hanukkah's Hanukkah is different. getting together Hanukkah, to celebrate Hanukkah. Uh, Hanukkah. Let's not confuse Hanukkah with Christmas. That, that's a small potato. No, people, to... people are gathering. Yeah. And people, yeah, oh, come on. It's a small group of people. The Jewish population is small. Look, here's, here's the thing, Tamsin. Every place you look, you know, they got their Christmas lights. We're uh, 100% Christmas already, which is good, right? Which is good. No, but, my point was just that uh, it's a very social time of year. Yeah, okay. And uh, so when you have, you know, half the weekend being blown out by a major storm, yeah. it's daunting. Yeah. We were all flummoxed ourselves. A little bit. How are we going to get out for sushi? Yeah. Sunday night sushi? Well, that's Sunday, but I mean, I think the gatherings were Saturday, so I don't think that No, was I think this time of year, every minute counts. Really? Yeah, people have Sunday afternoon um, gatherings, yeah, sure. All right, you would know better than I. I'm not the gathering expert. But uh, I will say that, you know, we look, we just uh, had a bunch of family over for a bunch of days for Thanksgiving and post-Thanksgiving, pre and post, and we'll have some more family soon enough, and that was great. And we celebrated Hanukkah. And we celebrated we Hanukkah. We gathered. Yeah, we gathered. We wanted to, you know, Ozzy didn't burn the house down, and uh, he took to wearing a yarmulke for reasons not clear to me. Doesn't like hats. Well, he doesn't, he likes you know, put the things on his head. Coach Dan, really wearing a yarmulke, uh-huh. he had to have it. All right, he admires you. That must be it. You know, he's uh-huh. a naive little boy. In any event, there's a lot to learn. <laughs> I guess so. so we're, we're thinking about uh, so he, he our was... favorite bartender. His birthday is this week. Armand, yeah, Armand. Happy birthday, Armand. Right. And we we saw him yesterday. Uh, I got together with him, which is good. You know, we haven't connected with Armand for a long time. Um. Yeah, the, you know, the one ultimatum that you gave me as the season approached was for the holidays, I had to have the uh, turntable set up. You sort of told me in no uncertain terms that I needed to buy a turntable and hook it up to the stereo. Well, we've and, been thinking about a turntable for a long time. Yeah. And well, and, look, we had yeah. one, just so clear, we had one years ago, of course. But, had, you know, yeah. those things, uh, you know, it hit its uh, expiry date. And we have a nice stereo system in the sense that we have Sonos and we have music in all the house. But uh, that's streaming. And uh, it's different to have a turntable. And uh, although it wasn't clear how different until we set it up. And I will say, in my defense, I never minded buying a turntable. It's a setting up thing, which is the scary part. And yet, without going into detail, I mastered. I mastered the idea of setting up the turntable connected to a Sonos system. Think about that for a second. But I did it. And what's interesting is it's really great. 
I mean, it's really it, great. But why would you say to people it's great? People are saying why. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Okay, tell it me. sounds different. Mm-hmm. It sounds different. The music has uh, a different dimension than uh, when you listen to the stream music, and, and and scientifically that's the way it should be too. It's not a it's not a uh, you know an optical illusion or an auditory illusion. It's not that at all. Yeah. It's uh, and so I was asking actually Grander and Zeke about that. Not, and they're not turntable enthusiasts, but they agreed with me sitting in that room listening to the music of turntables that it's entirely different. And But they were kind of like, you know, well, why are you surprised? I said, what do you mean? They said, well, look, the the record player, the turntable, the vinyl, has a lot of information on it. The, the needle's picking up a lot of information mm-hmm. that is just not going to be communicated in a streaming system. So it, it's not anything mystical. It's that you're getting a, a lot more cues and, and musical notes and background, whatever it is, uh, through the turnout that you just can't no, get to the no, streaming. No. There's no reason for us to understand or know. I, I understand it completely. Okay. <laughs> really? Now. But, and it, look, it sounds different. I accept it, but, but he, I, he, I don't he, I here's the thing. explain it. So I say to myself, all right, so I set it up. It sounds great. We have uh, some records from different sources, and I can go into that or not. But, but um, what's interesting to me is, so I'm thinking about, you know, I might buy a record or two. And I think uh, what I'm really looking for, you know, people get these older records, but the truth is, unless you have something that's really recorded in stereo or remastered from an older recording that's recorded in high, in high, high fidelity stereo, you're not going to get the sound you want. So it limits you a little bit, but there's plenty of places that sell yeah. vinyl. But but I'm saying to myself, now that I think about it, um, why would young people get a turntable? Now, I understand there's a little bit of a craze saying vinyl sounds really good and you see the story selling vinyl. But, you know, it's an easy call for us. And we have 100 records. So I have a lot to play. And I don't, you know, but to buy a record player for someone who, a turntable, for someone who doesn't have any records and say, why don't you buy a couple of records? That feels like uh, that's kind of a non-starter. So I really wonder what the future of turntables actually is, notwithstanding the current enthusiasm for vinyl records. It's the people who have this history of having collected records before that I think are keeping the industry going. Uh, I, I, don't I think, think that it's just that. I, I think you will find. Uh, I don't know. People... How many records do you have to have to make the turntable worthwhile? And it's not three. You know, you have to have twenty-five, thirty records, and uh, that's not hard to acquire. Uh, I don't know. That uh, can almost happen accidentally. I, I think you're short shrifting well, young people well, in terms we'll of you know how much they're going to buy. Well, and how well they can hear. <laughs> right. We'll see. Uh, well, look. But an... I will also say I'm glad because we do have records. It's not. I mean, not everything is available. Yeah. On Spotify is it, is or it... you know on the internet. Plus, and there there are records I miss. And plus, there's a lot to say for it being curated, as opposed to you know you don't feel any connection to anything that you say. Oh, Spotify, I'll take a shot at this. But when you have the record, you say, oh yeah, I remember I used to play that in 1978, 1982. We used to play that when I was in college. You pull out the record, you have a connection to it that you're not going to have with respect to what you see. Oh, that looks like an interesting recording by uh, so-and-so. Uh, so I think there's that emotional connection to the records that I think makes it more rewarding. I think it's a little bit of everything. I yeah. mean, certainly, uh, we get a lot of mileage out of Spotify. And, oh, for sure, uh, for sure, uh, for sure. You know, it's a very easy, convenient right. way but, to but, but that find said, music. The only way to but, listen to Along Comes Mary is to take your association record and put it on the turntable. It, it is different. It, yeah. Yes, yes, it the is. The experience is, is entirely different. different, and don't ask me why. Right. What it is. 
All right, so... But again, my yeah. song from there is the one that they played in Outlet. Which was? You ask me if they'll come to... Never My Luck. Never My Luck. Yeah. You want to start singing it for us? No, I, I'm I know it. <laughs> I can sing it. That, no, the, the, no, no. You never just, my you're going to ruin everybody's breakfast. Oh, my know? God. Um, <laughs> I'm right on it. Your hearing very good. Never My Love is the next line. So, um... Yeah, so there was an article about uh, Christmas trees, and which I always, you know, I'm attuned to that because I used to sell Christmas trees. But this would have really had me in uh, in a dither if I'd seen this when I was still in the Christmas tree business, because the article was in the Times that people are now embracing as they never have before fake Christmas trees. And I'm saying to myself, why, what, really? And that is what the article says, and it is based on what we would call anecdotal evidence. Yeah, like, like they talk to three people. <laughs> uh, so it might be true and it might not be true. I don't know. Yeah, but but no, the articles seem to say that, right? Right. And, and, you know, I believe it. I believe it. But I also think that was true when I was growing up. There was a certain point where people were not bothering with real trees. But they do have a stat. What's it? 70% of uh, people this year are buying, are buying new trees or buying artificial trees? Yeah. Okay. So number one, that's a completely made up number. Yeah. But number two is... <laughs> It is a number in the New York yeah. Times. So you say you know, to yourself... I, I do anecdotally get the feeling that people are less uh, opposed to artificial trees than they were a few years ago. Ah, that I might think we be. went through a back-to-nature period. It's over. It was important where, you know, people were into, very into the let's go, let's gather our little family together, yeah. go out and chop down the tree, bring it back on the roof of your car. Talk about... Um, anecdotal evidence. Yeah. You know, I use one of the sites I always enjoy yeah. coming up to Christmas are the trees on top of people's cars. You like that? Yeah. I, that's how I know. And I always. You and Hazi get I a always, kick out of that. Yeah. I always mark in my mind, yeah. oh, that's the first, you know, station wagon with the tree on it I've yeah. seen this yeah. season. Christmas is here. Right. And uh, I got to say, I'm. <laughs> You know, You're not seeing. I'm any. not seeing yeah. so many. Uh, maybe I don't get out as much. Or it's, something, early. But, um, it's early. It's early. No, it's not that early. It's really? not that early. And uh, you know, I was in the tree so, business times, and it's early. But it, it, as we discussed, and uh, you, you know, you get these trees everywhere. You get them Home Depot. You get them. Well, that's true. The mail. You get. You know. You get They're them more them. widely available. QVC was selling them in yeah. July or whatever, and they are ready to. Well, they come with lights now. They come with well, see, lights. See that to me, on that's a huge deal. And you're not. It's not like you're putting in individual branches. Yeah. You you take it out of the box. It's like an umbrella. You know. Yeah. You Boom. open it up. Boom. It's you got the lights. You plug it in. It's all set. Yeah. If they're a little expensive. I, I thought. I mean, the fact not that they will keep them for many years. Well, yeah. And to, who wouldn't keep it for many years? Is, is anybody seriously getting one of these trees and then throwing it out and getting well, a new again, one next year? Well, again, the Times the article, which is very naive, says at one point, you know, you can't keep them for. <laughs> It says, it's like, here's an idea. But um, uh, the, the fact that it's so widely available, Home Depot and Amazon, whatever, makes you think they'd be cheaper. And maybe that does make them cheaper. Well, but but if they, they have are, lights and everything. what they are. I mean, they're much more they cost realistic several. looking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, having the lights on them. I mean, you're getting a lot for your I get the feeling three to five hundred bucks. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Although but, regular yeah. trees have gone up since I used to charge $15 a You know what the main thing is? Yeah. Baby boomers. Yeah. We're too old to deal with real trees. 
You think these, the baby boomers are buying the folk fake trains? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no, baby, no, no, yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah. That no. was, you know, uh, 15 years ago when I was taking water aerobics, that was the big talk. Really? All those ladies, and a lot of them were 10, 15 years older than I was, were saying, yeah, you know, got to have a fake tree. Really? It's the only way to go. I don't, I don't want so uh, what, so what, I don't what, want the mess of a real so, tree. So what's your plan? As, what, what? What is your plan? My plan is we get a real tree. I, I, you you just gave me the whole speech about... Uh, I'm telling you what people do. We're not people. We're Tamsin <laughs> and Dan. We're Tamsin uh, and Dan. You know, and you got to have... Philistines. The, you know, you okay, we're not smell. Philistines. You gotta have, I'm sure... Plus, yeah. sometimes a tree comes with an unexpected feature. Yeah, is this this, your, this is my cue? Yes. So there's an article in the paper which says, I'll just read the headline, Baby Owl hangs undetected on Kentucky family's Christmas tree for four days right. before being spotted by cleaner, a carpet cleaner. Family did not notice. They for four days. In their Christmas this tree. must have been some Christmas tree. They took the guy, the cleaning guy. Yeah. He says he got <laughs> cleaning the carpet, and I see they have uh, this owl, out. The owl He's ornament. There alone with the, and he, yeah, the, the tree. The, and it's the, moving. The owl ornament seems to move. <laughs> He's going, hold the phone. And he, uh, speaking of the phone, he calls them. He says, I think you got an owl in your Christmas tree. And they say, I, I doubt that because, you know, we would have noticed. And uh, they didn't. So, look, we, we have a history here because, as we had mentioned before, I'm sure, uh, there was one, uh, I guess it was around Christmas, certainly it was a wintertime situation, that uh, we noticed in our living room. We didn't, we didn't notice. Nico, on her way up to bed, walked by an owl in the living room. Well, I think she thought it was uh, a new stuffed did, animal. Yeah. Is that a new stuffed animal? Where did when did Tamsin get this? Get, get this uh, stuffed animal. Looks just like an owl. It's absolutely lifelike. And she called you over. And I said, wait a minute. That's no stuffed animal. That's an owl. And it was exquisite. It was beautiful. It was small. It was scary we, is what it yeah, was. And we, we, you know, got our phones out and figured out how oh, to Oh, we had long poles and everything. And Granger took outside. the lead on this. He was... It, and somehow we managed to open a window and prodded the we owl. We managed to open a window. All you have to do is turn off the lights, open a window, and the owl flies yes, out. Yes, but we were risking but physical harm by staying in the room. It was beautiful. It was one of the most. And he had come down the chimney, obviously. Times. Come down the chimney. That's the way it happened. Yeah, it came yeah. down the chimney. Right. Just like Santa. It was like, an owl. It was an owl. So, so this was funny. So, so you know, this, we have quite this thing going with owls because Pepper has had used to have an owl in her backyard yeah. in California. That was largely because they had a terrible infestation of uh, gophers. Oh, really? In their in their yard, and the uh, owl was there to snack. Oh, really? Uh, since they fixed up their yard, yeah, uh, and put down turf and stuff, uh, the owl has not returned. Okay, and then this past summer we got to up close and personal with a couple different owls in Scotland, um, and we got to actually uh, have an owl fly. To us, that's right? true. That's true. So, yeah, so we're very experienced with owls. With owls so, now. I big fan of owls. Although owls are supposed to be basically, uh, you know, creepy. Um, really? Yeah. Some people think they are. Um, they have negative associations because they associate with death. Yeah. Well, death and night. Uh-huh. Um, you know, there's also the wise old owl. I uh-huh. guess that's true. Uh, but uh, I, you know. Uh, a lot of people like owls. Dixon was a big owl fan. Well, this woman who had the tree had the owl in Kentucky. First of all, she got the message from the cleaner. She said, "You got to be kidding. We live in that room. We've we've been there all the time, round the clock. We never noticed it." And she said, "If she knew there was a live owl 
in the tree. They, they would have fled the house because, you know, it's scary. So there you go. So in any event, they got the owl to leave the house and it was all happy. But uh, going back to your, and by the way, the point being that you wouldn't have an owl in a fake Christmas tree, only in a real Christmas tree. Well, not if it came down the chimney and decided to roost in the it's fake Christmas tree. not going to roost in a fake Christmas tree. Is it, I, you know, I, I don't even know how it's, the owl It's just as likely really to roost on your glass coffee just, table. Yeah, I mean, it was just sitting there as they carried it home from the I don't know how he got in, farm. but the, the owl was there for four days, they said. No owl is going to stay four days on a fake Christmas Did tree. Did they ask the owl? They, they, the, owl, the, owl? the Times says... The Times, which told us that 70% of people are buying well, artificial trees. Well, they analyzed trees. the amount of poop on the, uh, owl poop on the They tree. interviewed the owl afterwards. He said four days. She's, I think the quote was four days, but it felt like, felt like four years, I think was the owl said. <laughs> it was boring beyond belief. Couldn't get anything to eat. So, but speaking of Philistines, again, those people buying those fake Christmas trees. So there was two articles about food in Paris. Not really. Is, is, is you, it, you know, you, you. Am I overreacting? Yeah, sometimes you have to go beyond the headlines. Oh, really? So, what, so what's it? So, go ahead. Take us beyond the headlines. First, give us the headlines. Then, then take us beyond. Give the us, I, well, I, you know, I'm going to have to find the headlines. Now you got me on the spot here. Um, well, the one um, hot glazed donuts on the, on the menu for Parisians. How sweet it is! Yeah, and so that is, um, you know, Krispy Kreme has arrived. Yeah. In Paris, and uh, Parisians seem delighted. Yeah. Okay, it's uh, a unique taste. It's kind of uh, an example of uh, American pop culture, uh, etc. And uh, you know, people lined up, blah blah blah. Company followed the, um, the well. There's a fair amount of. Uh, this is not just about donuts coming to Paris. It's about you know. Uh, the um, excitement of these uh, American fast food right. uh, chains in Europe, mm-hmm. all over, and you know they've been there for a while. I mean, you you can't uh, um, walk fifty yards in most major cities without bumping into a Starbucks right. in Europe. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll say that. I assumed. That, I mean, they, the this article says you got KFC, you got Burger King, Domino's, Chipotle, McDonald's, Carl's yeah. Jr., Five Guys, yeah. um, and uh, I was always assuming that was for the American tourists. Yeah. So we have somewhere to eat. Right. But they, to some extent, it has an appeal mm-hmm. to uh, you know. Uh, locals. Okay. And uh, McDonald's has made McDonald's in Paris work, apparently because they actually altered their offerings, mm-hmm. changed things to appeal, changed the menu to appeal more to French taste. Okay. Uh, use local, different cheeses mm-hmm. uh, than whatever cheese whiz kind of things mm-hmm. are on the burgers, etc. Um, so, you know, it was kind of a combination of this, uh, a story about, uh, that, you know, yeah, Parisians can be excited by, uh, American fast food. Um, and also that, yes, indeed, hot, fresh Krispy Kremes, um, are getting, you know, a toehold. Yeah. In Paris. But you were, you were telling uh, Pepper yesterday that, uh, donuts are a Hanukkah food. Yes, they are considered a Hanukkah food because they're, they're fried. fried. They're yeah. fried now. I mean, not all donuts are fried, uh, but um, well, that's going to register with Pepper. Yeah, no, that's when she allegedly was allowed to have one yesterday afternoon. Really? Yeah. Oh, is that right? <laughs> well, she's but all donut, in now. Donuts are a great thing. I mean, everybody was anti um, 
raised fried donut for a while because of it being fried. Yeah. And so now people are saying, yeah, you know, if, if a donut's fried correctly, yeah. it's not absorbing a lot of fat. It's not that bad for you. And also, the, the um, some people like a cake donut. Some people like a raised right. donut. Raised donut is a lot less calories. Raised donut? Raised donut. Because it's a yeast-raised donut. It's oh. very light. It's very fluffy. Yeah. There's less flour. There's less sugar. You you know, there's, oh, really? of, there's more air. Have we had that? Uh, yes, Daniel. Everyone's had a raised donut. Okay. Have you never had a Krispy Kreme donut? No. I don't think so. Maybe. Have you never been to a donut store and just gotten a donut? What about no. Dunkin' Donuts? You ever I don't, Dunkin I don't donuts? buy Dunkin' Donuts. When we were kids. Daniel. What? You always eat everybody else's food. That's, You've that's been true. to Dunkin' Donuts with us. You've eaten. I eat the donut holes. The, the yeah. Little, yes. yeah all right. You've had Munchkins. I can't believe you're saying you haven't had donuts. That's just. I don't. I don't eat them. hundred percent insane. So when we grew up, we had. Uh, I don't know. It was Dunkin' Donuts or something like Donut King or something like that. And uh, I think they were cake donuts. I think that's what they. So had. they were heavy. Yeah, they're pretty heavy. Uh, no, no, we had different kinds. They were different kinds. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna have to ask Bob. Bob what kind of yeah, donuts right, they were. Yeah. But uh, no. A real donut is a good thing. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think you should eat a box of that. We might have had a Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I got to look at it. But we didn't have a Krispy Kreme. I know, I, I know there was a Krispy Kreme in Penn Station. I used to see that all the time. Yeah. You remember that. It was, it was right in the front. No, I, I didn't hang out at the Krispy Kreme. Uh, no? Okay. No. But uh, uh, there yeah. are a lot of Krispy Kremes around. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and the other thing, that, the other headline was uh, so big right now. No wonder, this is in the Wall Street Journal, no wonder extra large cookies are trending in Paris. Patisserie. They're visually striking, giddily extravagant, and fun to share. I don't know, when you when you actually read the article, it's not even that clear uh, that uh, donuts are, that these big cookies are such a trend in Paris. It's more like uh, the person writing the article kind of likes big cookies and... Uh, uh, knows of somebody who makes them in Paris and decided uh, they would make them too. How big? I mean, they have a huge cookie. Is that you actual know, size? Like, I don't know. It's like the size of a small pizza. Oh, that's and, big. And it, you know, there's no, you know, I'm, I'm not remotely interested okay. in the big cookie. All right. you know? all right. First of all, are we supposed to be sharing things like that? No, I don't think so. I think it's probably considered unsanitary uh, by the uh, food police now. And uh, another thing, yeah. we don't, Go out of our way to try menus, to try recipes from the Wall Street Journal. Oh, they had a recipe for that? that the whole article is about is, is the just giving the recipes. Oh, you're kidding. And I the didn't know that. writing the article saying, so, I, you know, I worked with so-and-so to develop a cooking oh, 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 okay. recipe. Yeah. And they're, they're putting sprinkles on them. They're pr putting uh, sprinkling gold and silver leaf. So they look Sounds like it's written by I mean, a friend of Pepper's. the silliest yeah. thing possible all right let's let's um, skip over that then so you know go back to grandma's uh, cookie recipes okay now, the, the new york times had a bunch of their usual cookie recipes and uh, i think i probably mentioned last week on the podcast here really awful looking cookies it's all about <laughs> i don't think you mentioned that uh, all about fancy colors rainbow colors right. um you know they're, they're gimmicky i'm not for the gimmicky cookie i am not for the, well I'm not for the gimmicky pie either. They have a lot of gimmicky pies in my mind this year. Um, you know, they're they're struggling. Like uh, they need like something it new. Past its prime yeah. sitcom uh, to be hip and relevant and cool yeah. and uh, you know new 
And it just all seems kind of they've, silly. They've jumped the shark, Tamsin. That's what it they're is. Jumping the shark. All right. So anyway, the, we went to a movie last week. We're, we're back on the beam. We're at the cinema. We saw The Holdovers, which is uh, a movie directed by Alexander Payne and starring uh, Paul Giamatti. Uh, and um, it takes place in a prep school. Um, over the Christmas holidays. Over the Christmas holidays. So the holdovers are the people who are stuck at school because they can't go home. Right. Either their parents don't want them right. or can't, you know, they're too, they live too far away. Yeah. And it eventually winnows down to uh, uh, Giamatti plays a, uh, a school teacher, a kind of very rigid, old style school teacher who's kind of a, a difficult person and certainly doesn't relate to the kids particularly well. But in his mind, he's upholding standards in a world which no longer upholds standards. And he's quoting Latin all the time and Greek to people who couldn't be less interested. Uh, and uh, eventually the student population is winnowed down and he spends most of his time with this one student. Um, and uh, what do you think of the movie? I enjoyed it. I didn't think I would. I thought, oh, oh really? You didn't think you would? No, because I thought, oh, it's just another one of those, you know. Prep school, developing a relationship with a teacher right. in an unexpected way, stories, you know, mm-hmm. nice story, but mm-hmm. not particularly mm-hmm. new and interesting. We have a bunch of boys with bad behavior. I just thought in my mind, one of them's going to really get in trouble, mm-hmm. and the teacher's going to ha- help to get him out of it, and it's just, you know, yada, yada, yada. But um, actually, it was more complex than that. Yeah. Many more layers yeah. uh, which uh, the people were not um, so simplistically um, portrayed they, right they weren't they were, one note people they right. were multi-dimensional people multi-dimensional real real seeming people um, and uh, you know uh, it was a little too long it was I'm not quite sure why every why every why all of it was included. Yeah, because it got down to a sort of a particular story. Right. Um, well, it's one of those movies that you say is a little too long, not because you're looking at your watch, but because you're saying, "Why do we do that? <laughs> Why did they have yeah. that scene?" Yeah. There's a little bit of that. That, yeah. that that's for certain. Uh, although that adds to verisimilitude a little bit, and then not everything's connected in a narrative way. So you're experiencing things in a slow burn. I mean, Alexander Payne's a little bit like that. To me, the movie was most similar to Alexander Payne's Sideways, which had Paul Giamatti in it. When he and his friend are traveling along in California and exploring wine country and having relationship issues, it's kind of a unique movie. This movie is a little bit like that. It's a little meandering. Yeah, except that the, you know that movie, you know, there, there really is no plot. It's just right. a person's uh, personality is unfolding. Right. You know, on this sort of. But I like that trip. movie. Yeah, um, but and this one, you know. I guess it's a similar idea because you're seeing different layers of people, yeah. and as the uh, movie goes on, you get more and more depth and different aspects, and and yeah, but and yeah. it's also as people's uh, characters revealed by their interaction with other characters. That's what's really going on, and uh, that will what makes it a little bit more of a down earth movie for me. You're seeing people interact with each other. And you're seeing that's what's driving uh, the film itself. So I like it. Uh, I liked it uh, quite a bit. I like Sideways. might even like Sideways more, honestly. 
I mean, he's he's done. Alexander Payne's always known for doing quirky movies. He did uh, Nebraska. He did about Schmidt, right? He did The Descendants, which I didn't like. Um, did Downsizing, which nobody saw. But uh, he has kind of quirky movies. But Sideways is the app comparison. I think if you like Sideways, you like this movie quite a bit. So it was filmed at uh, Deerfield Academy, somebody right. said. Yeah. And uh, so that was kind of interesting to see those. Well, it looked the part. It looked like an old yeah. old time boarding school. And um, the, I I had one quibble yeah. with the um, execution of the movie and that uh, at a certain point with dinner, they're having fresh asparagus yeah. in December yeah. in Massachusetts in 1970. Yeah. No. Okay. No. A thousand times no. I think I'm, I'm okay. comfortable in saying that no one else... Seeing the movie, and that would be millions of people. Spotted Listen, I, I cannot forget the frozen asparagus we had to eat growing up. And it was usually the little right. tiny pieces. And it wasn't until years later when we really started uh, importing tons of uh, fresh asparagus from mostly Mexico, I think, yeah. um, that uh, you had that. Other than that, fresh asparagus is only for a few moments in the spring, mm-hmm. in the Northeast. Yes. And it's a wonderful thing, and it doesn't taste anything like the canned asparagus, the frozen I've, asparagus, I've, I've gotten this lecture cetera. before. Yeah, I, I got it. Um, I got it. I got but it. so, to you know, to see beautiful long asparagus spears on a kid's plate yeah. in a school cafeteria in 1970, just completely impossible. Okay. Well, I'm glad we straightened that out. Um, then there was an article, speaking of schools... Uh, about grade inflation, in particular grade inflation at Yale. It turns out, uh, long story short, that everybody at Yale gets A's no matter what they do. That's basically well, what the 80%. story is. Eighty percent. Well, the average the average GPA was three seven one. That's the average, honey. Uh, that's pretty much everybody's getting an A. Yeah. Uh, they did say. You know, the grading's a little tougher in the STEM courses and in the math courses and the science courses. But in the humanities, everybody gets an A. And, uh, okay, so I'm, first of all, I'm not shocked by this, uh, but I don't think it's a positive development. And they try to justify saying, well, no harm done. And, and they're saying, well, it kind of does, you know, it, it is uh, a little bit harm done because you well, lose your credibility. Mean? What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. It just means that... Um, it means that you have... It means a, but, that but, when but, people write a paper or take a test, yeah. either it doesn't matter what they say, yeah. that they're, they're just going to get an A. Well, yeah. But it could be. You could take the attitude. Everyone, you it know, it, it is doesn't so mean eight. that everybody's so smart now and doing their work. Oh, no, no. Nobody's that, smarter. That they're getting all the right I, I can. I does can. it mean that the tests are all too easy? Well... I, it, I, to me, it means that you can't even be grading... You can't even actually grading anything there are a few different possibilities here. okay one is that everybody admitted to yale is so able that in fact they're a-level students and they're just uh, getting the there right is level that. okay but again we're talking about yale it's not like we're talking about princeton well the funny thing is they make a point saying that princeton uh when it, princeton detected that this trend in 2014 they put in a strong policy saying we're not going in that direction and yeah. they they put in standards that were they only limit getting a to 35 percent right and 35%. as a result so half Princeton, the Princeton average GPA is almost a half a point or more, point three something different from Yale's because they feel that you need uh, standards. 
uh, take that. Um, yeah, I'm a little sensitive to this because I'm doing great. And in a sense, uh, what am I doing? It's, it's always wrenching. Cause, and, and I asked, you know, once in a while, I, I asked some students, because you know, they fight me. They fight like crazy for every half point in a grade, which is, you know, not the greatest, but that's the way the world is. And uh, I, I say to them, I said to one kid, what do you expect in, in a course like this? And the kid said, look, I feel in a course like this, if I do all the work, do all the work, hand in all the assignments, put in a paper, do a reasonably good job, I should get no lower than an A minus. And uh, and he said in a way, regardless of the quality of the work, right? And so, but but the, then the uh, the burden is on you, yeah, to be giving him work and teaching him how to do it, so he does. The teaching has so little to do with this. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, there's, but, there's, there's but no connection the, the, the between. The theory them. is that uh, you know, if I take your course and do what you tell me, yeah, uh, just as you tell me, yeah, I get then, a good then grade. I get an A, yeah, and then I've done it right, yeah. But uh, but he no. and I believe it, this person was sufficiently persuasive that I actually do think that is the expectation and it's and frankly and the pressure is in terms of professors is if you defy you know students' expectations in a substantial way you're in the middle of a dispute about grades and I've been in one or two disputes about grades and it's not pleasant. No, well you know and I was uh, an instructor for many years. I you know I was naive enough to be you know thinking of terms <laughs> to some extent the grades you know, what they used to mean. Like, yeah. C is average, B is above average, right. yeah. A is excellent well, that's or whatever. Rough, but yeah. I mean, we're not even close to that. I mean, I was giving a lot of average papers, yeah. A minuses. Oh, so you, know? so you were giving A minuses. Yeah, I, you know, th- this is the thing. Somebody would come in, yeah. take the test, yeah. they write their name, and almost, you know, and answer three questions yeah. out of... 25 right. or whatever. Yeah. And that's really a failing grade. You can't really fail them. You can't really fail somebody on that test. No? Because they've showed up and they've taken the test. Really? You can't fail them? No, not really. Well, remember we had this a few weeks I would, ago. I felt bad giving them a D. It was a, there, like, there was some I'm policy. searching through the test. Some policy. Where can I give this guy another point? They said if someone doesn't do anything at all, they get a minimum 50%. You remember that? Yeah. Them schools have an actual policy. Yeah. Well, look, if the school backs you up, it's one thing. But my school doesn't back me up, and nobody's nobody in in the, in the Yale administration is giving spine to this, saying, "Oh, this is, the, you know, we should have a uh, a real structure to this and real standards, and we're going to back up the professor." There's nothing like that. So you were out there on your own, and you're the only professor giving C's or B minuses. Uh, you're not going to last very long at that school. No. So uh, what does it mean anyway? It doesn't mean anything. Well, it, 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 well, look, if you you know. Uh, they call in the uh, learning management systems. Yeah, yeah. Tests are called assessments. Well, that's a so that's, that's a new word. That's a new that's a new it's word. It's truly an assessment. You're, yeah, I mean that's what a test should be. You're trying yeah. to assess yeah. what people have gotten Hands, out of this I can, chapter. I can tell you that law okay. firms hire on the basis of grades, whether you like the law the, firms do. But you know, I, <laughs> so, I don't. I don't once remember anybody asking me right after I got through school. Right. What I what grade I got? Yes, on but law anything. firms do, and other people do, and yeah, grad nobody schools, wants to be a lawyer. Grad then schools, there are no jobs anyway. The point is, what do you mean no jobs in law? There are tons of jobs in law. Where'd yeah, you get that? No, is, yeah, that's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Lawyers can't get jobs. No, uh, where do you hear that? Constantly in the newspapers. No, no. Yes, I, that's completely wrong. I, you'll have to show me that sometime. That's completely wrong. Okay, don't. That's wrong. There's there's as many jobs as ever been. 
but but that's completely but beside anyway, the point. But the point anyway, is, no but, one but, has but ever the grad schools also look for grades. No one has ever asked me for my grades. Not the point. The point is, grad schools look for grades, and whether and I'm dealing with law students, because so the law firms looking at grades and the kids are fighting for grades. All right, so that's my reality. And uh, you know, yeah, I can't say well, anyway. That, you know, you feel like you're the teacher in the holdovers. Say, well, you know, we got to have standards. That's that's not going to work. But haven't those poor kids at Yale and Harvard already worked hard enough? I don't know anything about the kids at Yale in and Harvard. high school. Yeah, they got into Yale and Harvard. Yeah, that might be true. Uh, all right. Um, then there was the uh, another another in the. I was going to say monthly. <coughs> it's not monthly. Of... Is there there is there a phrase for every other month? Bi-monthly. Article about uh, off Broadway, off Broadway theater. Yeah, it's tough, tough to survive. And uh, although this, it, you know, wasn't particularly illuminating because off Broadway is such a broad collection of theaters, and they're focusing on the public. Right. So again, another article saying theaters are having trouble. Right. And it's off Broadway. This one's off Broadway. Yeah. And uh, why? Because uh, they don't know. So here's the answer. What's the answer? The answer is this. Yeah. They mentioned a couple different uh, small theaters that have closed down. Both were 30 years old. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And this is something we were talking to Armand last night about restaurants and the restaurants that have been closing. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I think a lot of these... Theaters have run their course. Mm-hmm. They were founded at a particular time right. with a particular idea or mission. Right. The kind of works they wanted to make available mm-hmm. to the public, to people in a certain right. part of town mm-hmm. or a certain demographic, right. you know, whatever. And they've aged out. Yeah. You know, you, you've also been seeing, you know, the founders of various small theaters yeah. finally moving on and, and uh, right. the theater hit. Um, hiring a new director, right. you know, artistic director, et cetera, and so forth. Um, and I think, you know, you know, the generations have passed. There's new taste, new um, habits in terms of uh, going to theater, going to performances. This article rightfully says, you know, people still want to go out and see stuff. Ask Taylor Swift. Ask Beyonce. They will get. They will leave their houses, mm-hmm. but apparently not for off Broadway theater so much. Yes. All right. So there are two comments in the article that are connected to what you're saying. One is, first of all, this fellow George Forbes, who's the head of uh, Lucille Lortel Theater, it's an off Broadway theater. It feels like the traditional off Broadway audience has gone away. Those older women who went out to see a lot of theater are a few years older a little less excited about being in crowded places and found alternative no, entertainment you know, no, options. No, that's wrong. I, I'm They're not saying dead. Like... They're dead. <laughs> and the people who have grown up, yeah. who have taken their place in line, yeah. are not interested in, you know, have different tastes All right. and different habits. And then there's the, order, okay? the, the comment later by uh, Sade Lithcott, the chief executive of National Black Theater, and she says that audiences formed new patterns New patterns. They're not coming back in the way they used to, and this may be controversial, but there's also a lot of nat- lot of natural attrition. Yeah, I think where you see a lot of the pain is in large organizations that are too big to fail. They're cutting staff, blah blah blah, right sizing. Well, 
that all that is true, except for one thing. Right. Nothing new is coming. If you were saying, when you're talking restaurants, you're saying this new restaurant is opening, that's new restaurants opening, and it makes sense that the other restaurants have seen their day. There's no, there's no movement of, uh, yeah, of new off Broadway yeah, theaters I, opening. Okay, yeah, that's not happening. New restaurants are coming, right? Okay, and they are different from the old restaurants. I agree. Okay, so you're still going to be longing for, right? You know, restaurants of this style right. or that kind of right. ambiance, etc. Right. It just can't happen That's in this fine. day and age. I, you know, we're just at the beginning. The theater thing is just a more complicated thing. Okay, you know, and um, we'll see how it gets resolved. Okay, well, that's punting completely, okay. but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there's no, you know, there's no people who are struggling. To say, How do we do this? What do we do? They're putting on. I, I think uh, the woman talking about the downsizing of the big, bigger um, theaters. You know, cutting things out partly because philanthropy has changed. Yeah. The money is not there. Yeah. In the same, yeah, but, but way. my point is still the okay. same. Time. They're putting on, they're yeah, but, they're but, putting on lesser. No, no, no one's putting on lesser. Here's my, uh, the comparison: of the restaurants doesn't work because there are new restaurants. There's no new there theater. There will be or, new theaters. No, there won't. There will be. <laughs> oh, no. ye of little faith. Well, I, somebody will figure out how to do it, but it's not through just trying to, you know, plump up these already dead older okay. theaters. Okay, I'm telling you, you're not. It, you cannot resuscitate. Okay, and, you know there were there were great ideas going on maybe okay. in the seventies. I'm not taking a, a view on this. I don't. I'm not you worried about. A view. I don't think you're going to see a new theater organization. There's no evidence. There's no new successful theater organization. But because. they say the article says here's the success that you see in Off Broadway, and they have see see the, the Alicia Keys musical is moving to Broadway. Alicia Keys musicals aren't off Broadway. I mean, they started off Broadway, you know, for sport, but that's not an off Broadway production. It's a totally different subject. You know, no, no, but that. there's no, there's no successful off Broadway. It's model. coming. The New York Times doesn't even know about well, it. Things it, are in there. I can give you reasons for why it's not coming, coming but let's no, not go into it. I think that. we've hit kind of a a low point with the pandemic, etc., and now people are. People are not stupid. They'll find solutions. Yeah, but the answer may not be theater. They'll seize the opportunity. The answer may be a different kind of entertainment. Somebody's going to say, yeah, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we saw this in person? And it's going to happen. Okay. All right. So go ahead. Let's let's wrap this up before we... well, and here's another. I mean, you you love to talk about how much you hate bookstores. No, I don't hate bookstores. <laughs> I don't hate bookstores. Um, did I? When did I say I hated bookstores? In, in this podcast about uh, no. four weeks ago, no. you did. It's oh, Dan. Um, but anyway, there's so uh, I hate small you, bookstores. You handed, you handed where me. There's no place you to handed sit. me yeah, right. the um, book review section of the New York Times. And uh, there's an article about it's their podcast. Podcasts yeah. No, it's their podcast. listening to. No, it's their own podcast. Their own book review podcast. So they have excerpts They're from their own. They're summarizing their book review podcast. Right. Okay. There you go. All right. You got and, it now. And one of the, uh, they have interviews. They have famous people, you know, people bigger than David Goppert. All right. And Sidney Goppert, yes. And one of them was Ann Patchett. And, um, Author of Tom Lake, which you, which well, you read and, this year. And a lot of other stuff. For okay? sure, yeah. So, but she owns a bookstore. Right. Okay. And uh, so the question that the podcaster puts to her is, tell me something about owning a bookstore 
she replies, I love other people's sidelines. So sidelines are what a book seller may sell in addition to books. Right. You know, what works? What do people come in and buy? Not just the books. And uh, she said, you know, you, you see some very interesting stuff. She, You know, and uh, one of the things she mentioned is in Milwaukee, she found, she went to Boswell's, a bookstore in Milwaukee, and uh, they were selling pillows shaped like logs. Right. And they say, we sell zillions of them. They've sold over 2,000 of these log-shaped pillows, right? And so now she's selling them, and uh, they're fabulous, okay? <laughs> what else did you find? A stuffed hedgehog from Powell's well, in we, Portland. We've, we, been, we've Powell's. been to Powell's, yeah. Huge okay. bookstore. Uh, again, selling like hotcakes. So, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of a funny little story, a little in, inside well, it, it, uh, baseball. It's cute for two reasons, though. One is uh, she, uh, you know, she talks about we're absolutely selling the hedgehogs now, and uh, but she does point out, and this is you know an economic fact that uh, when you sell books, um, you get uh, kind of a limited markup because the bookseller also gives you the option of returning books that you don't sell. Right. So they cut down on your risk and they cut down on your reward. But when you sell sidelines. It's not that way. Whether it's coffee cups. You got to keep it. You got to keep it. But as a result, you get a much bigger markup. So this keeps, it sounds like it keeps the bookstores in business. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. There you go. The trick is keeping, you know, figuring out what are the. The right sidelines. Yeah. Well, now we know. It's the log. Well, yeah. Who knew? Anyway, so that was was cute. So, okay. What do you want to do now? Well, that's it. Let's wrap it up. We got to go take Ozzy swimming. That's right. That's right. right. He's, He's learning. Yeah. Here we go. Are we lighting candles with him today? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how crazy he is. He's a little wired after swimming. But uh, we'll see what he's up for. Okay. All right. So that's so all we got. We'll see you next week. This, this is Tamsin Granger. And Dan Abuhoff. With Tamsin and Dan read the paper. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah.